This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones. I'm a career coach, and my new book is Find Your Happy at Work. And today I want to welcome you to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Our topic today is artificial intelligence and how it's already reshaping the workplace. Our guest is Raj Tumaluri. He's the CEO of OpenStream, which helps companies deploy AI solutions. And he's a pioneer in the field of conversational and multimodal interaction. Raj talks about how AI is changing so much of commerce and the structure of work. He describes how your job search might be impacted by new HR tools using artificial intelligence. And he shares his view about how AI is shifting the job scene and actually creating new kinds of jobs. Raj, I know you're an inventor and a highly accomplished engineer, and you've worked with some leading companies like Apple and all kinds of companies. But what uh, intrigues me the most about your own career story is how back in 1997, did you were you thinking ahead to look at AI and you took the leap to... Um, co-found with a partner, OpenStream. It's a, it's a company that's um, doing interesting things. And I wonder if you could tell us a bit about OpenStream and how you decided to take the entrepreneurial route way back then. Okay, first of all, good morning and thank you so much for having me. Um, actually, I was um, creating something called interactive multimedia applications and also auto attendance for a large telecom uh, company in their R&D department. I was heading one of the labs, um, so I was creating products, you know, you know, involving these technologies, uh, but was kind of not has so happy that uh, things were not getting deployed fast enough in the field. Um, so I kind of um, raised this with a few of my colleagues and my boss that time, uh, sensed my sentiment and kind of advised me that big companies take a long time to go to market with cutting edge innovations. So if I wanted anything faster than what they're doing, then they said, like, you know, you should start, probably start your own company. That way you can get uh, your products out to the market much quicker. So that was the real motivation uh, for, for starting. And uh, so I embarked on my entrepreneurship journey with support from a few of my former colleagues. So today what you're doing is providing solutions for companies and other enterprises that want to launch um, artificial intelligence solutions for their various challenges. Is that correct? Is that what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. So because, again, it's just basically continuing on what I was working on before, that is creating high-end multimedia collaboration stuff. Uh, but this problem that time we had was like the cellular networks and the devices were not uh, you know, fast enough. They were very primitive for creating any good user experience. So initially focused on text and voice interaction. And then as devices got better and networks got better, we are now in the, in the, in the phase of advanced multimodal interaction. Uh, across devices and networks. 
So that kind of helped uh, adoption of AI in many ways, as you know, you know the, the, the algorithms and other things have been there and people who are old enough to know the cold winter, uh, you know, of, of artificial intelligence, uh, you know, they, they probably will tell you that, you know, not much has changed, but except for the computing power, which kind of made it, uh, you know, possible for us to uh, implement uh, algorithms and improve them faster. So that's the reason why we are where we are today. And so what's happening now is partly that um, you're providing uh, technologies or or, uh, apps that can be used on phones so that businesses can have uh, access to all kinds of um, possibilities when people are working remotely or out on the job. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. The focus has always been on improving productivity, you know, basically and removing the friction in the interaction, whether it is mobile device or any other device for that matter. It could be your your kitchen top, it could be your refrigerator top, it could be your dashboard on a on an automobile, you know, whatever that is, you know, your device. You know, you're trying to interact with it, trying to get the best out of it and learning from it. Uh, and the system has to understand what you are seeking and should be able to provide that either proactively or reactively. So that has been the focus without you having to spend too much time to get information from the system. Yes. Well, let's back up a little bit and and provide a little more context. Would you give us your working simple definition of what artificial artificial intelligence is? Okay, so my ideal definition would be to get machines to think like us. Mm-hmm. But then, as you know, that's not measurable because thinking like us is a very subjective term. So I would fall back on what uh, industry falls back on, which is Alan Turing's uh, definition. Uh, that, that's one of a you know imitation of human behavior. So if the machine can respond or perform the same way as a human under some conditions, then we can say it has artificial intelligence. So that is really the definition that the world uses today. Uh, one of the British uh, researchers, Alan Turing's uh, definition. So that the definition kind of suggests a vision to me of a, like a Star Wars world and with robots kind of talking <laughs> to us. But actually, um, my understanding is that um, AI is already all around us. And just to kind of give a, um, a a example of, or a bunch of examples of where we see it. You mentioned a couple of things like your car or your refrigerator even, but where are people, where are ordinary citizens like me and our listeners most likely to be bumping into and getting the benefit of AI apps? Well, absolutely. You know, you're already using it, whether you are searching on Google or you are trying to find uh, products that are matching your interest on Amazon, or even for that matter, when you're receiving suggestions on movies on Netflix, you are essentially using artificial intelligence because that is what is employed there to kind of you know gauge your interest and surface information uh, that that you are most likely to like. So it is um, rapidly evolving. It feels like to me, and one of the trends I was wondering about is that many of us have worked remotely and we've connected with each other in new ways, and we're trying to learn more technologies because we're likely to be working remotely for a long time. It it feels like um, one of the uh, impacts of the pandemic has been to kind of speed up the pace of 
experimentation and change and I think willingness to try AI. Would you agree with that? Is that true? Absolutely. You know, that seems to be the case, you know, based on what we have seen in the industry. For example, the pandemic kind of helped, uh, you know, lift people from the other side of the digital divide almost a decade in advance as per, per, per some analysts, uh, whether it is in customer support or in proposal writing or, or any other task for that matter. So people that were kind of apprehensive to adopt to, you know, virtual conferences and virtual meetings and and doing things remotely, you know, all of them today use that. You know, self-service is something that got really a big boost uh, in this whole process. So people now try to, you know, use more and more of self-service because it's not possible to have a human, uh, you know, human contact uh, in, in these circumstances. You're absolutely right. So for some people... AI is linked to robots, and uh, I've been seeing pictures and things. How how much, um, I, I think we might see them in a grocery store or in a video of a warehouse, but how much have something that might be called robots, how much have they entered the marketplace in the workplace? Well, you know, like with, uh, you know, we have seen uh, this kind of technological advancement, you know, and before, and we have always seen that, you know, the, the, there are there are some concerns, uh, some of them legitimate, some of them not so, whether it is an invention of a automobile or an aeroplane, uh, some jobs got eliminated, obviously, and then there are newer ones that are created. Uh, the, the important thing is that it is possible, and that, that's actually the good news here, is that it is possible to transform and adapt to the new paradigm, in some cases even keeping jobs. So it's not like jobs are going to go away. Um, and, and so that, that's, that's my own uh, um, you know, feeling about, about this and as we have seen in the industry. So when I was doing a little research in, in preparation for talking with you, I um, tried to look at recent commentary and it feels like people are less afraid of having their um, job taken over by a robot. But there is um, some of that uh, fear out there. And yet the research seems to suggest that um, new jobs or different kinds of jobs or maybe more highly skilled jobs are actually being created by the advance of AI. Could um, you give us um, your observation about what kind of new jobs might be or where they might be for people who are worried. Uh, how, how can we describe for them some of the work opportunities that we might be seeing in coming years? Well, that's actually a very good question um, because there are plenty of jobs to be had. And again, you are right about you know, the research and uh, AI type jobs uh, that are there that are definitely created. To, but then in supporting the AI transformation, not every, everyone can be or needs to be a, a data scientist or a machine learning expert developing algorithms. Um, so there are actually many jobs in AI today that are more about how to effectively use AI than creating those algorithms. Uh, for example, graphic companies that were just designing uh, avatars and things like that have transformed to create uh, human avatars that can emote, uh, you know, based on text that you send it to send to it. For example, if you just give any text, the avatar will now animate as though it is lip syncing with whatever text that is there. 
these things were created manually before, like for example, in Disney movies and stuff. Uh, but but today it's, those are automated, right? So so graphic companies have suddenly become AI-based avatar companies. Similarly, uh, interactive voice response systems and people that were recording voice prompts and stuff like that for uh, for IVRs and customer support, they have now become experts in in kind of uh, defining how the dialogue design should be and how you can be empathetic uh, based on uh, you know what the user is saying uh, when when you're so that your machine doesn't sound like a machine but like sounds more like a human so those are just on the periphery of, of the jobs that are you know really transformed but there are lots of other jobs uh, you know in that are created whether it is you know testing or you know uh, or, or you know or uh, or automating some of the stuff for for ai implementation itself um, so I mean, there are plenty of such jobs created. So in addition to just the core jobs that are there for uh, scientists and data scientists and machine learning experts, so you don't have to be that. I suppose that in addition to you know the specific examples like um, with um, design and graphics and so forth, there are new jobs for people with. Oh, more traditional job skills and, and the importance of understanding the trends is knowing where the, these new companies are going to be growing or where existing companies are going to be um, staffing up. Like if somebody's in marketing, say, um, mm-hmm. there are companies, I assume, that are going to be marketing in new ways or maybe the same ways to new audiences. And any field that's growing is an opportunity for um, for marketing or whatever it is you do. Is that right, that there are going to be opportunities there? And by following the development of the AI industry, you're going to be spotting opportunities for a bunch of different traditional skills. Absolutely, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Any any task, um, you know, that can benefit from automation will obviously benefit from from the AI transformation. Uh, whether it is marketing, for example, you know, reaching out to customers, you know, what is involved in marketing, what you know, measuring the efficacy of a message, or or uh, trying to find the targets that are apt for uh, your product or whatever solution that we are trying to market. Uh, all these things are earlier based on some kind of empirical evidence that humans could process and do that stuff. So, but unless you have long history of working in that organization or in that product domain, uh, you probably don't have the tools available at your disposal to to make informed and intelligent decisions. But uh, with the advent of AI, some of those tasks are simplified enough that even a rookie marketing person can actually behave like one that is experienced. Um, you know, so that is really the the way that AI is kind of aiding the humans uh, or assisting them in, in in doing their jobs better. Well, let's let's pursue uh, this marketing example a little further. Say mm-hmm. um, we have a listener who has been in marketing um, for a while and is uh, kind of in a traditional field and is a little bored and wants to. Um, make a shift and, and find marketing jobs um, that are maybe involve some kind of use and awareness of AI. Are there um, mid-career training programs? Um, how does somebody start to develop just an, enough um, 
sophistication that they even know where to look? Where's a good beginning point for this mid-career person who wants to get on the bandwagon? Absolutely. That's another great question. Um, so, you know, luckily we live in the era of open and free courseware, right? You know, you can attend to an MIT or Stanford professor's lecture without actually securing admission into those programs there. So, you know, and there are lots of such things available on the internet, on Coursera and many other um, online courses, uh, course programs that are out there. Um, of course, you know, there are also a lot of useless uh, videos as well, but, uh, but it is, it is possible to go to some of these, uh, you know, well-respected sources, uh, and then, you know, try to get some idea about how that the, the, the tooling or, or the technology is, uh, you know, is being used in their industry. And for example, today, there are many marketing programs that, uh, that kind of leverage the AI to to target customers, uh, to craft their message, even for that matter, um, to to even design your your own campaign um, and measure the efficacy of those things. So these are available for for mid career, and therefore, you know, a lot of people actually, you know, a lot of people that work in the so-called AI implementation today are all mid career people that worked on other stuff before that kind of adapted and transformed to 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 be the EA implementers or the solution implementers so i think i would suggest that your your uh, listener to to actually start with uh, some of those things and then also there are uh, vendors um, of course uh, our company included that kind of offer products that uh, that that kind of uh, minimize the need for learning any coding or anything to effectively use these tools so, so therefore, you know, working with any of them will will help them uh, understand how this could be used uh, to to basically further their career. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University is having an impact today while providing innovative education for tomorrow's leaders. The master's program in public administration and environmental studies leads students to greatness in nonprofit, environmental, public sector, and government settings. Learn to lead at the Voinovich School. We're now accepting applications. Information is available at ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. I think another trend is that um, a lot of universities and uh, as well as you know, some companies of a variety of institutions are offering courses that can be maybe stacked in some way. So you take the beginning course and an intermediate course, and maybe you end up with three courses um, that don't cost very much, uh, but they introduce you to something new, but they translate once you have three of them and you pass the test, you can get a certificate. So if a person is in mid-career and is wanting to think about a shift to AI or you know maybe something else, if they actually find a way to get a certificate, it shows a real commitment and it's a great way to upskill and then get um, 
some return on that upskilling efforts. I, I assuming there's probably a lot going on with uh, AI along those lines. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, we have seen that happen because there are major providers, whether it is Microsoft or IBM or Google or Amazon, all of them for their uh, their platforms, and so are some of the other less known vendors. All of them do offer, um, you know, some kind of certification programs in addition to the colleges and institutions and, and open um, mass online courses uh, that we mentioned earlier. Uh, so all of them offer some kind of certificates, and those are kind of valued by the industry because you don't readily have, uh, you know, academic programs catering to the needs of uh, of the industry today because there is so short, so much of a shortage of uh, manpower uh, that is uh, that is really needed for for this to really happen at its uh, full full scale. So therefore, you know, everybody is looking at these kind of uh, institutions and other organizations as, as feeder networks for, for uh, basically helping the existing staff gain those skills. Yeah, absolutely. So on the topic of um, academic learning, let's just talk briefly about um, college students. If With companies like OpenStream, companies who are deeply involved in AI, what kind of degrees are they looking for as, as um, people come out of college? Basically, uh, the core thing that anybody looks for is, you know, basics in mathematics and statistical methods and understanding of those things. If one is to be considered for core development of algorithms and stuff like that. But there are plenty of other jobs, you know, so that are like whether it is creating annotations, paraphrases, ontologies and taxonomies for different industry verticals. Um, you know, those are all things that anybody can have. They are kind of interdisciplinary. For example, we have people who have English major um, and who and sociology major who are kind of uh, paraphrasing how a virtual assistant should answer when a customer is calling about submitting a claim for an insurance company, for example, or, or, you know, so then, you know, the paraphrases, you know, you have to train the systems, you know, obviously, you know, not everything that you hear is not really intelligence, right? So those are things that the system is using its, its trained judgment to from, from among the set of possible um, utterances that you train the system on. So, and coming up with those things and understanding um, how the user would behave uh, when when you present them certain um, kind of statements or facts uh, is also a very important thing. So there are a lot of behavioral psychologists that work on this. There are a lot of linguists that work on this in addition to computational linguists that I mentioned. Uh, so th there's a lot of such training that, uh, that, that can come handy. Uh, in in getting onto these jobs and and uh, every other company including ours looks for this kind of interdisciplinary skills um, and then people and train them you know further on 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 the on the jobs. Well, I know that um, one of the areas that um, I, I've seen you comment upon and I uh, kind of looked up your um, some of your presentations and things is um, how the job market itself is being impacted um, through technologies that help HR people do different kinds of job searches or uh, speed up their job searches, or automate their job searches. Can you comment on how people who are looking for a job 
uh, might find that their path is shaped a little bit by these these new technologies. Absolutely. Again, as I said in the beginning, so it is about understanding the user's needs better. So earlier, um, we had an option of giving a question and then the system would try to understand based on the keywords that are found in the system in, in your utterance or your question. So that was just a mere keyword matching, whether it is a HR department trying to filter through the resume, sift through the resumes or, or a job seeker trying to find a job. So you go and type something uh, and you have to really know the keywords that you have to enter in order to find the job that you want. But today the systems are more intelligent. They can actually understand what you meant when you write, typed something. You can actually do a natural query and then you can actually get a response back from multiple sites. So there are AI tools available today uh, that will go to multiple sites and get the information that you need and present them all in one place based on what your need is. For example, I could simply say that I'm looking for a AI job uh, in, in Somerset County in New Jersey, you know, that pays X amount of uh, money and gives me Y amount of uh, vacation a year. So that is something that I could just simply ask and then leave the task of, of filtering that information based on whatever has been published by the individual organizations in that area to an artificial intelligence tool. This was earlier done by humans, uh, that is job seekers, by going through each of those websites and figuring out what they offer, what the pay packages are, and then uh, you know what the terms are, whether or not they meet their criteria. So, and then make a short list of uh, jobs that they want to apply for. But now all the time can be saved because that information can be surfaced based on what the users uh, gleaning from what the user has said about what their interests are. Wow, it really um, is bringing benefits for job seekers if they're kind of focused on where the opportunities are, including the opportunities to research um, and identify their target jobs. And that's the trend today is, you know, not just sending out a million resumes, but really focusing in on where there's a good match and then going after that. Absolutely. Well, well, I I just noticed the time. This has been um, really fascinating. So, but I, I'm just going to ask you one last question now. And, and that is uh, maybe it's a, a wide open question, but so much is happening right now that maybe we're, most of us are only, uh, semi-aware of, but just about everything we're doing is being impacted in some way by technology and particularly AI. But I know you're, um, you have been a visionary. You've kind of jumped ahead of the curve sometimes in, in seeing what's coming down the pike. So can you give us, a, do you have any thoughts of, of what AI, how it will be helping us or changing our lives maybe down the road, like five or 10 years, things that we might not be aware of yet? Well, <laughs> certainly I can hazard a guess, uh, but but an informed guess because all, all predictions have, have been proved wrong because things may happen faster. Um, uh, basically, the thing is that anything that does not require too much of thought or discretion will be automated through AI. So basically saving time for humans and involving them only when high-end tasks, whether it is they require advanced knowledge or compassion or discretion, those are the kinds of jobs that are that will be, uh, you know, uh, requiring a human involvement. Otherwise, every other type of job will be, will be kind of, uh, you know, automated. 
the case in point like you said you you said you looked up some of the articles and i looked up some of your your programs and things like that right so if i'm meeting you and how do i meet you when i come to your meeting then i prepare myself to see what your background is what kind of programs have you done and all other things that i need to know about you but that is still left as an exercise for me i had to spend hours together to researching that information but uh, today and i you know already we are seeing that and it will be more prevalent over the next few years uh, that you know once you know that my appointment is this then this information is automatically surfaced based on what that appointment entails uh, from from various sources of uh, you know information that is out there i think those are the things that you would see and that is happening in medical domain also there a lot of diagnostics and as you have seen that the advent of that already in how fast some of the research has been advanced because of pandemic and all that is made possible only because of ai so you'll have you know faster drugs you know faster everything uh, with the with the with the ai and its implementation of course in a ethical ethical way yeah so i'm thinking with medicine the example if i have a peculiar list of uh, symptoms or something i could in the future maybe um, i could start by calling my doctor and talking maybe to a nurse practitioner or something and saying here are the list of symptoms and maybe the practitioner would do some research quickly and by the time i got to the doctor's office they would have sorted out the likely possibilities based on the symptoms and the likely medicines based on medicines i've had in the past and things like that so if i go in then the doctor can kind of focus on me in a compassionate way and you know how am i feeling and all of those kind of things but i don't have to worry that she's got to go through her books to figure out a weird combination so that might be the future just a few years down the road there there you go you're already thinking like an ai scientist absolutely right so that is you know basically customized for you you can simply speak or or inform the the nurse assistant or the human or virtual you know what you're feeling and what your symptoms are and based on your history that is very important because it's not like you are doing a google search on on the whole set of possibilities but based on what medications you are taking what kind of uh, you know history that you have had with your symptoms and any other ailments that that are there including yours as well as in the society like you know if there are is a flu season that everyone else is getting those things then it is likely that uh, this is probably related to that you know those are all the things that it can suggest again we are not advocating the ai replacing humans here because this is again surfacing that that information and providing that to the actual medical practitioner so that they don't have to sift through all your history history and documents and other stuff all that information is readily available to them so that they can make an informed decision about helping you helping the patient well that's a future that actually gives me hope because it creates room for compassion and i uh, i feel like you have a tone of compassion as you're thinking about how people are going to be helped by these things it's it's been wonderful um talking with you. I appreciate being educated a little bit more during this talk and I um uh, I thank you for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's fabulous to talk to you. Today we've been talking with Raj Tumaluri about the impact artificial intelligence is having on the workplace. I'm your host Bev Jones. In my new book, Find Your Happy at Work, is available for pre-order. It offers many tips for finding more joy, meaning and success on the job. 
Today's tip is that artificial intelligence is already changing the nature of many jobs. But instead of worrying about that, approach AI as a source of new opportunities. And thank you for listening today. Please come back soon.